Well, good morning, everybody. I have two questions for you this morning. First one is, are you ready for the Word of God? And the second one is the title to the sermon. And the title is, do you really believe it? There are a lot of people out there who are hoping that the Bible is just a religious book like all the others. And that all of those extreme statements about a literal heaven and a literal hell are just symbolic metaphors designed to scare us into being nicer to each other. Now my hope today is to give you something better to count on than hoping that the book isn't really true. Today you're sitting in the midst of a bunch of people who know with absolute certainty that the Bible is true. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number, number 8 says of us, it says, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. There's a day coming in which a trumpet will sound, the clouds are going to roll back like a scroll, and King Jesus will come again to receive those who are no longer in darkness, those who have been made acceptable to the Lord. Above everything else in life, you need to make sure that you're one of those. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now some of you have been through some serious hard times in your life. You may be in the middle of some of it right now almost a guarantee that any given Sunday some of you are going to be going through some really rough stuff. But there are days of trouble coming on earth like this world has never before seen. There are things coming that will make the worst you've ever experienced seem like child's play. In Mark chapter 13 Beginning in verse 24, Jesus tells us this. He says, But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels, 
and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Romans 14 and verse 11 tells us, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Folks, the Lord is coming to set up his kingdom here on earth. We read of that day in Matthew 25, beginning in verse number 31. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Now there are people who are thinking, now I'm sure none of you, but there are obviously people out there who don't believe like you. Some are thinking, come on, preacher, do you actually believe that all of this is really going to happen? That unsaved people will actually be cast into a literal lake of fire? You're just a Bible thumper. Preachers are supposed to say this stuff to scare us, even if they don't really believe it themselves. And it's true that most preachers don't really believe it themselves. It's not true here. But it's true. 
So I'm just supposed to believe this because some book says it. Well, I could share those kinds of opinions if this was just some book that says it. But this is not just some book, is it? Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 22, and you need to remember this. He said, for false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take ye heed, behold, and here's what he said, I have foretold you all things. These foretellings, they're called prophecies that tell us about the coming of the Lord Jesus. They tell us about the lake of fire and the judgment of the nations and the separating of the righteous from the unrighteous. There are just a few of the hundreds of other prophecies in the Bible, all of which, except for these few last ones, just this little handful of the very last ones have already been fulfilled. They've already happened. And just, you know, things like the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, the exile of Israel into Babylonian captivity, the gathering again of Israel into the promised land. That's happened in our lifetime. The Savior being born in Bethlehem where the prophet 700 years before he was born told us where he would come from. Amen. Every one of them happened just like the Bible said they would happen. Amen. It's all recorded in the Bible as well as in secular history for any and all to see. It's all there for anybody to investigate. You can check it out. You see, it's really just a matter of good credit. You know what good credit is. Some of you know from having bad credit. Well, if a man says he can do something, and over and over again he proves by doing it that he really can do what he says he will do, and if that same man keeps his word and never breaks it, if he always pays his debts and he always pays them on time over his entire life, that man has something we call good credit. Not everybody has that, but there are some people that do. A bank will loan that man pretty much any amount he asks for because he's got good credit. It's proven. For you to doubt what the Bible says is coming means that you are betting against not just good credit, but you're betting against perfect credit. The Bible has perfect credit. Everything the Bible said would happen has happened, just like the Bible said it would happen. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but only a fool bets against perfect credit. Today, we're going to look at what is and what is not acceptable to God. 
going to try to going to try to make this fairly short because somebody said we're going to have barbecue when I'm finished. There you go. First, we're going to look at what is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that any of you should remain in darkness when we have the light of God's word right in front of us. You see, the message of the Bible is clear. Ephesians 5 and 13 says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. You see, we understand from God's word what sin has done to us, what our sin has done to us. Romans 6.23 says that the wages or the, the penalty, the consequences of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Until we see the light and trust the Lord Jesus to save us from our sins. Until that happens, we exist in a state of spiritual darkness and spiritual death. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to these Ephesian Christians talking about what they used to be. Paul said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. These people weren't physically dead. They were walking around. They were spiritually dead. They were in that darkness we read about. You see, the Bible says that Jesus came to this world to defeat death. And ladies and gentlemen, defeat death is exactly what he did. Amen. He who knew no sin died in our place. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, we already read in Matthew 25, 46, that only the righteous are going to depart into eternal life. And righteous is something that on your own you do not have. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You need to come to repentance. Now what does that mean? Preachers love to get up and stand in front of a desk like this and tell you, you must repent. And a good many of them don't even know what, they're, what they mean when they say that. Don't know what the Bible means when it says that. Repent means that you need to change your mind about some things. That's what the word means. You need to quit hoping that somehow this book really isn't true. Because it's true, all right. And you need to accept it. You also need to change your mind about your good works. Because the fact is, you don't have any. Hebrews 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve 
the living rock. The best you've got, the best you've ever behaved is completely unacceptable to God. Isaiah 64 and 6. But we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we do all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Romans 3, Paul wrote in verse number 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there are none that seek after God, they're all gone after the, out of the way, they're together become unprofitable, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. You see, the good news is that those who give up on their own righteousness and place their trust in the blood that Jesus shed for them to pay their debt they couldn't pay, they will be freely given the perfect righteousness of God. That righteousness that we all so desperately need and do not have in and of ourselves. Romans 3, 21, as we continue to read, it says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Now, we can read about what your righteousness looks like. It's an ugly picture. It's, it's pathetic. You have no righteousness at all. But what's God's righteousness like? Can you describe His? You've read about it. He who knew no sin, the Bible says. God's righteousness is perfect. You can't get better than that. And that's what God gave me as a free gift the night that I put my trust in the blood that Jesus shed for me on the cross. Here's what it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, that means you're included, and upon all them that believe. And you can have it if you're willing to believe. For there's no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Timothy was told by the Apostle Paul in in 1 Timothy 2, Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. There are people out there who will tell you all sorts of tall tales about what God wants for you. There are some out there that will tell you, well, he's already decided what's going to happen to you and you have nothing to say about it. Don't believe the lies. The Bible says that our Savior, our Father in heaven, would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Here at Lighthouse, we specialize in one thing above everything else that we do. We do a lot of stuff, but there's one thing that we do, and we give it everything we've got to do it right and to do it well. We know how to show you in love and in kindness and with clarity how to know that you are going to heaven. How to know that you are saved. And we're not just bragging. Somebody said if, if it's a fact, it ain't bragging. 
we can show you how to know for sure you're going to heaven. It's what we do. Which brings us to what is acceptable. It's not acceptable for you to die and remain in darkness and be lost. It's just not. But here's what is acceptable. All that come to God through Jesus Christ are made acceptable. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Ever since I was a little kid, my life was one of a castaway. One who was cast out. Never part of the group. Never chosen. Never accepted. I know what it's like to not be accepted. To not be acceptable. But I'm here to tell you something. I've been made accepted. Amen. Jesus said yes. You see, being the sinner that I am, I have been made acceptable to God because I placed my trust in Jesus to save me from my sins. Amen. And you can too. Amen. We've got I don't know how many exactly here. It's not a giant crowd, but it's big enough that there's probably one or two here that don't know that you're going to heaven yet. But you can. Amen. Because in Jesus Christ, God will accept you. On your own, you don't have a rat chance. But in Christ, it's a sure thing. We who have been redeemed, who now have been changed on the inside, we now want to live for Jesus. It's our heart's desire. Because Jesus has made us acceptable, we now want to live a life for Him that is acceptable as well. There are simply things that do not belong in our lives anymore. We've been reading in Ephesians, and we're going to go back there where we started out. Here's what he says in chapter 5 verse 1. He says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving 
what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. You see, we now want to serve the Lord who bought us with His own blood. Romans 12, verse 1. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, what's it say? Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, and there it is again, and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, we who know Jesus, who've been made acceptable, who have been given the righteousness of God, we get to enjoy every single day the very best that life has to offer. The world would have you think that being a real Christian is just moping around being miserable all the time because you can't have any fun. You don't get to do anything cool. Romans 14 tells us how it really is. It says in verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That means it's not just a bunch of rules about what you can do and what you can't do. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. If you came in here doubting today, I would ask you to reconsider what you would believe about this Bible. I would ask you if you would allow Jesus to make you acceptable. And if you have been made acceptable in Christ, I would ask you that we together live a life that is acceptable to him as well. We can talk till we're blue, but it's how we live and what others see in us as we live our lives that proves to them that there's something to what we're talking about. It's 12 o'clock, and I'm done. Maybe. Let's stand together. Do you really believe it? The book. Do you really believe it? If you do, it's the first step. It's the first step. Jesus Messiah. That word means he's the Christ. He's the one that the Bible says we're going to come and live a perfect life and lay down his life on the most, in the most horrible fashion you can imagine. Not for himself, not for anything he did, not for what he deserved, but for you and for me. That cross, that's what I deserve. And yes, I really believe it. I absolutely do. My grandson is sitting here in his mama's arms just laughing at me and grinning and talking. and I want my life prove to him that this is real. Don't you have somebody in your life that you would like to prove to that it's real? 
Well, whatever the Lord's speaking your heart about, this is your chance to answer him. If you'd like to, if you'd like to avail yourself of the promise that we made, let me know. We'll set up those classes for you. And you will see it yourself. And nobody will have to talk you into anything. When you see it, you will embrace it because it is that good. And it is absolutely true.